Well, Merry Christmas, Christchurch. It is so good to be together on this Christmas Eve. Whether you're here with us in the room or you are here with us online, we are so grateful to be able to celebrate together the birth of our Savior, the light that pierced the darkness. Tonight, we're gonna have the opportunity together to celebrate and reflect on that truth through scripture, through teaching, through music, all of which are gonna draw us deeper into this holy night together. Friends, we are going to, before we get into that though, we are excited because I wanna give us a chance to get to know one another here in just a, in just a little bit, but and I wanna do that in two different ways. The first way is if you are new here, we would love to get to know you. I would love to get to know you. We would love to know your story. And so if you are new or newer to the community, we would love for you to fill out a uh, connect card that you'll find in the chair in front of you um, and hand that in to an usher on your way out. The second way I think we'd love to get to know you today is by, I'm gonna ask you a few different Christmas questions. And I would love to hear your responses to those. They might be a little controversial. Um, and so because I wanna hear your responses, I'm gonna need a little feedback. Can we do that today? Do we think we can? Get some feedback. I heard one yes so far. Okay, we've got some applause. I love it. And we're gonna need your feedback online as well, so be ready to type your answers in the chat. The first question I'm gonna ask you guys is about eggnog. I've already gotten some responses up here. Where are my eggnog lovers in the in the in the building today? Let's hear it. That's that's all you care about eggnog, is just like a yeah, all right. Where are my eggnog dislikers in the room? Yeah, oh, they're a lot more, a lot more strong-willed about their, their eggnog taste. All right, children, kids in the room, we're talking about opening presents now. Who wants to open presents soon? Yep. Are your, would you rather open presents on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day? Let's hear our Christmas Eve people. Where are you at? Christmas Eve? Yeah, love it. You want to get to it earlier. I know. I'm tracking. What about our purists in the room? Christmas Day, where are you at? Okay. Wow. All right, I mentioned they might be controversial. This is my controversial one. Do you guys know the song, Last Christmas by Wham? Do we need to sing it? No? Too bad. Last Christmas, this is for you. I gave you my heart, and the very next day, you gave it away. Okay, I'll stop, I'm stopping, sorry. Do we like that song? Raise your hand if you like that song. Let's hear it. Okay. Do you like when I sing it? Don't answer that. Raise your hand if you really don't think that should ever be played on the radio ever again. Let me hear you. <laughs> Amazing. Friends, we are so grateful that you have joined us today. Now that we've gotten to know each other, in a couple moments when we stand up, let's go ahead and, and move towards one another in the center so that we can make room for more people coming in. But friends, the beauty of what we are celebrating here tonight is that whether or not we like eggnog or, or wham, um, we know that the Lord has come for you and for me. And that's what we're celebrating today. And so what a reason to celebrate. And so with that excitement and that energy, would you all stand and join me as we give praise to our great God this evening. Okay, let's put our hands together and let's sing with good tidings of great joy. Here we go.
of the world. And his light will never darken. It will always shine bright in the darkness. Let's keep singing.
Amen, amen. Well, while you're still standing, and while you're still with us online, why don't you go ahead and use the chat and say hello? And why don't you all greet everyone in the room and say Merry Christmas before you have a seat? Each week during the season of Advent, we lit candles together. These candles represent the hope, peace, joy, and love that God brings to us. You're hurting me, Dad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll put you down. <laughs> Tonight, we light the last candle that is called the Christ candle. The wait of Advent is over. Jesus Christ is born. The prophet Isaiah proclaimed there would come a time when God's light and hope would burst into the darkness. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. John declared that this great light is Christ, the Word made flesh. This great light lives among us. The light shines in darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Tonight, we celebrate the light of Emmanuel, which means God with us. With this candle comes great joy and celebration because Christ is born in Bethlehem. God's Son has come into the world to be our Savior, and he will come again in glory. As we light this candle, we rejoice in the birth of Jesus. May we worship him, welcome him, and make room for him in our hearts and lives. May our lives be changed by him, and may his glory be made known among us this night and forevermore. Oh, come, let us adore him. Amen. 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 <laughs> In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified.
think if there's anything that the last few years have taught us and reminded us and maybe perhaps cemented is that maybe we're not in control as we thought we were. I don't know about you, but as news images flash across my news screen at home uh, or on my device, I feel that sense of, of loss of control, especially. As I look around at the world's pain and brokenness and war, racial divides, political polarization, I'm ever so aware of how little in control I am. This, this was especially highlighted for me in March of 2020. I would imagine for you as well, when the world came to a halt. It didn't make sense, it was so hard for me to comprehend. And at the time, I was pastoring in Southern California at a very complex church, and I was homeschooling now my children, trying to help them continue on. And I remember just trying to juggle all the things. At the time, I was also caring for my father who was dying of cancer. And I felt this, this anxiety that really began to settle in in that month. And perhaps what was the hardest about all of that was the degree of uncertainty that I felt. You know, we, we all thought that it was just gonna last a couple of weeks. I remember telling that to my congregation, letting them know it's just a couple weeks and we'll be back in person. A couple weeks turned into a couple months and this pandemic just continued on. And that sense of uncertainty just kind of pulled back the curtains and exposed how little in control we are and how we have all kinds of limitations. You know, the earliest scenes of the Christmas story expose that as well. And the breadth of the human experience is a reality that we are all limited, that we are not in control. And we see that as, as the, the first characters of the story. They are, they are faced with fears and uncertainty. Consider Mary for a moment. Mary, as she learns this news that she's gonna have a child and she's a, she's a virgin, imagine the level of uncertainty that she felt how aware of her limitations she was, how little in control. And then Joseph, he was to be married to her. And imagine the uncertainty that he felt. Would he be rejected by his family? Would they welcome him still? Would they, would they love him? Were they gonna get in trouble? Was this really gonna be okay? And then Elizabeth and Zachariah, when they received news that they would be with child and they were old and barren, Zechariah doubted and was silenced. And then the angels in the field, when they encounter an angel, the shepherds in the field, when they encountered an angel, they were afraid, they were terrified, trying to make sense of all that was unfolding in the world. Perhaps that sounds familiar to you, trying to make sense of all that's unfolding in the world and coming to terms that we don't have control, that we have limitations, that we can't fix everything. So let me ask you a question. 
I invite you to reflect on this for the next few moments. How are you doing with that? How comfortable are you and the reality that you have limitations that you aren't in control? Limitations that you don't know what tomorrow's gonna bring? Limitations that you don't know the future? Limitations that we collectively haven't been able to stop mass shootings or the war in Ukraine or poverty or hunger? How about limitations that we can't fix our bodies eternally now in this life? Or limitations that we've come from dust and to dust we will return? Limitations that we can't calm every chaotic situation. And here's the thing that I often observe. We often don't like coming to terms with our limitations. We like to think we're superhuman. We like to think that we can overcome, and when we come face to face with them, what I observe as a pastor is that we often try to overcome them or fix them in very toxic ways. Sometimes when there's a broken relationship, we try to fix it. We don't like that that there's brokenness, and we try to fix it on our own terms, sometimes by coercion or manipulation or trying to control the outcome. Uh, We're strivers. Uh, We we seek to strive and strive and strive to project perfect images to the world because we don't want others to know that we have limitations. We want everyone to be able to see that we are superhuman that there's no limitations about us. I see, I see people skipping sleep to work more and more and more or engaging in toxic diet culture. We have this idea that if we just try harder, muscle through, if we just keep spinning more of the plates, then we won't have to come to terms with our limitations. And so there's a number of different toxic ways that, that we often respond. Uh, the first way that I observe is, is we try to fix it. We don't want limitations, so we, we strive harder, we push harder, and we seek to fix it. Uh, the second way that I observe is, is guilt and shame. We feel guilty. Well, if I have limitations, I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not pretty enough. And we feel shame. A third way that we often respond is despair. Despair, you know, is the antithesis to hope. And when we get caught up in despair, we lose hope that darkness will always be a reality and that there's never a light at the end of the tunnel. I think in the pandemic, we observed that there was a despair epidemic as we saw suicides, Um, and alcohol and drug-related deaths on the rise. The world is void of hope in so many spaces. And another way that we sometimes respond when we see images like this on the screen, we just detach. We don't want to feel it. We don't want to admit it. We don't want to accept it. And so we just attach going along our merry way. How are you doing and your limitations? 
what if just, what if there's a better, more holy way we can respond? But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. But after Joseph had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. But the angel of the Lord said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. collision of sorts. Hang with me. The Christmas story is actually a divine collision. And the space between the human limitations and the brokenness of the world and the pain and the reality that we can't be the savior, we can't fix things. This space that, that you and I live and breathe every single day. And the Christmas story is one where the divine collides with the human experience and the limitations. You see, we see this even early on. We see Mary, for example. She's afraid, she's fearful, she has questions, but the moment that she clings to the divine, she's filled with hope. Joseph, fearful, uncertain, and the moment that he clings to the divine, he receives grace to continue on. And we see this over and over again. 
the ways that the divine moves into the gap of human limitations. But the, most, the, the way that we see this most magnified is in the manger. You see, the one that we are gathering around tonight to see, the one in the manger, wasn't just any child we know, but he was a Messiah, a savior, a king, not just any king, but the king of kings. And here's the wild thing. The God who created the heavens and the earth, the God who caused the waves to crash onto the beach, the God who raised the land into the sky and called it mountains, the God who put the eyelashes ever so delicately on your face, the God who breathed breath into your lungs, the God who created beauty and art, the God who caused the sun to rise and the sun set, that God became flesh and stepped into the human experience, into the space of limitations and pain and uncertainty. Not only that, but we know that he was a divine one. He wasn't just partially God, but fully God and fully human. It is this grand, majestic collision, fully human. He had breath in his lungs. He had fingernails. He had a real heart. He had real flesh. He had real lungs. He stepped into the human experience in that he probably went fishing and sometimes didn't catch fish and felt disappointment. He felt loss and grief. He cried when he lost loved ones. He missed his friends. He felt the pangs of hunger when he missed a meal. He probably burnt his food a few times. He felt cold and hot. He probably got sick and got colds. He probably ached himself for the brokenness and pain in this world. He stepped in to the human experience, into this space, and filled this divide. He stepped into the gap, and we see this grand and glorious collision that somehow something holy and beautiful, all intertwined, came together. And here's what that means for us. In that he stepped in the gap for us, he gets us. He gets you. He understands your pains, your fears, the human experience, the aches. He knows what that's all about. The hunger, he's been there. Your tears, he shed them too. Your pain, he knows. Your problems, he had his own. Your fears, he has sieved. Your grief, he's been there. Why? Because this story is one of the greatest collisions in human history. The collision with the holy divine and the human experience. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, 
The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word of God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, saying, The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. You know, I get it, the drive to push harder, to try harder, to try to bury our limitations under the rug. We don't like to admit that we aren't in control. We don't like to admit that we have weaknesses. We don't like to come to terms with our own brokenness. I get the feelings of guilt and shame. I've despaired too. I've detached too. And then there's nights like tonight, where if we listen closely, and if we look towards the manger, we can see there is an invitation. An invitation to discover that there in the gap, the gap between our limitations and our hurts and our pains, and the gap between the divine is a gift. That gift is something that we call grace. We call it belonging. We call it wholeness. We call it salvation and mercy. We call it relationship. Because in the faithfulness of God, is a God that stepped into the human experience and steps into the divide. And when we look towards the one who was born in the manger, there is a gift for all who are willing to come to terms with their own limitations. 
And this gift is discovered not only when we come to terms with it, but when we too fall on our knees and surrender to the divine one, the king of kings, the creator of the universe, who moved into this world and into the gap because he loves you that much. Because he chose not to detach from the brokenness and the pain of this world. Because he chose not to despair. Because he chose not to walk away from us. But what he did is he moved closer and he moved into these spaces because he is wildly and lavishly in love with you and doesn't want to see you stuck in the place of detachment or despair, but instead offers that gift. So the question for all of us as we hear this invitation is how will we respond? You know, I'm reminded of a, a story of an Arctic explorer and British commander by the name of Henry Worsley. He, he was just this extreme athlete that any time he, he reached a new goal, we all know people like that, right? He reached a new goal and he wanted to, to set a more challenging, more difficult one. Well, at the age of 55, he set off for an 800-mile Arctic expedition that would take around two months he braved high winds, negative 40 degree temperatures. We got a taste of that the last couple of days, didn't we? He braved that and he pushed. And he recited a poem that he loved very much by Elroy Flecker that said this, always a little farther, always a little farther. Well, eventually as he was navigating the incredible difficult expedition, he came to terms with his limitations. 30 miles from the finish line, he realized that he had to call for help. But unfortunately, it was too late. By the time that the helicopter arrived to rescue him, by the time that that grand rescue mission had come for him, he went into organ failure and he never made it. His wife discovered in his journal something that he had written, never, ever given. Some of us will go throughout the whole of life with that motto. Never given, try harder, strive more, overcome our limitations, muscle through, push through, fix things, and when we can't, then we'll detach or we'll despair or we'll feel guilt and we'll feel shame. But within the Christian story is an alternative. It's an incredible gift. The gift that there is there in the gap to those that might be willing to give in to the grandest rescue mission in all of the world the rescue mission that moved into the human experience and is rescuing creation to all who come, fall on their knees and surrender and cling to the divine nature of God who gives us this gift of strength and belonging and grace. 
So the question that we have to come to terms with and that I pray we come to terms with tonight is what will you do about your limitations? Believe that you'll find the answer in the manger. And what I think you'll discover is that in the end, the light will win. Won't you please stand with us? And we'll sing. He's the hope for the world. Let's lift these words up. This is a very special night and uh, one that 
we rejoice in every single uh, Christmas time. A chance to take into ourselves in a more personal and authentic way the wonder of the grace of God who finds human beings in all of their uh, limitations. He loves us, meets us there happily in that place and offers us the help that we need. But that reality touches so much more than one night. And um, the life of the church locally, wherever it meets, is always about living out the implications of that week in and week out through the whole year. Uh, 2022 has been an incredible year. Uh, I know it's been a challenging one for so many of us in different ways, but I've just been blown away by the way I've seen the people of Christ Church uh, respond, I think, to the grace of this God. Uh, back when the Ukrainian war first broke out and the news was a flutter with all the, the debates about what responses should be and what should be said to Russia and all the rest of those things, the people of this church just had no doubt what to do. They rose up, they started packing truckloads of relief supplies, and they sh we shipped them out to Poland where the Ukrainian refugees were coming over the border because we thought that's what we would want. <laughs> If we were in that position, every time you've heard reports about inflation going out of control and, and haranguing going back and forth in the political circles about what that really means, again, the people of Christ Church have just tried to do practical things in the middle of it. Every single month, we have sponsored a food pantry. We have helped hundreds and hundreds of families with food, clothing, spiritual encouragement, counseling and support, Bible studies, uh, we just want to offer the grace that meets people in times of limitation. In October, just on one day, more than 600 of you went out into the communities around about us. Um, you didn't do a lot of talking, you just served. You served neighbors, you prayed for them, you tried to show them that in a world where so often religion is associated with what people are against, we are for Chicagoland as a church. We are going to be the best neighbors we possibly can be to people in times of need. In the years when people are looking for guidance, wondering how will the next generation ever grow up and what will be their values, nearly 800 children and teenagers were part of our summer ministries this year. And you made that possible through your volunteer work. I could go on and on. It has been an awesome privilege to see the grace of God moving through the life of this church family. So as we come to the end of 2022 and we take up our final offering of the year, um, I just want to say thank you for what you've done already. And um, if you're new here tonight and you're not part of this whole circle on a regular basis, you know, consider this a gift to you, this, this experience we've had. If you're part of the church family or you call Christ Church your spiritual home and you'd like to be part of helping to keep this kind of thing going, and going strong, we would be so grateful for your partnership as we close out and try and meet our year-end needs. But wherever you go from here, my hope and prayer is that you'll do so, rejoicing in the privilege that it is to take this grace that has come down and met us and to share it with other people who need it in the midst of the limitations of life. So let's further worship God as our ushers come forward, as we follow the prompts that are on the screens and give online. Uh, let's further honor this great and glorious God with our Christmas offering.
In the darkness we were waiting Without hope, without light Till from heaven you came running There was mercy in your eyes To fulfill the law and prophets To a virgin came the word From a throne of endless glory To a cradle in the dirt you to just be seated for one moment and then I'm going to invite you to rise and sing one final song with us if you would. As we prepare to do that, I want to tell you a little story about the song and then invite you to participate in something together. It was the early 1800s and our world had been ravaged by what we now call the Napoleonic Wars. Lives had been lost, 
villages torn asunder, images like we now see in our war times were familiar sights for so many of the people of that era. And in one tiny little Austrian town, a priest who had grown quite discouraged looking at the fate of the world walked outside on a starry night. His heart was heavy with the knowledge of what had been going on around him. And as he looked across the hillside and the little houses in this village, he was struck by this amazing sense of peace. A snowfall had come. It was as if God from heaven had blanketed this conflicted world with a purifying hope. And he thought if only, if only every heart could turn and find his peace, it would change the way we would live with each other. He went back to his little cottage. He began to write down some words. He jotted them out in the form of a poem. And in the days ahead, shared it with some excitement with his choir director. And the choir director loved the poem. And he said, let me find a melody for that. And then they joined those two creations together. And on Christmas Eve, 1818, a man named Joseph Moore, the parish priest in that Austrian town, and his choir director got up and with just a guitar, played for the first time the song that we're going to be singing in just a moment together that is so precious to us at Christmas time. As we sing that song, I want to invite you to do something then more than just mouth some lyrics. I want to invite you to, to join with those angel voices we've been talking about tonight. I want to invite you to express the hope of the gospel's message, the good news of Jesus Christ. Maybe you'll do that by just saying inside of your heart tonight, you know that person that's really been on my nerves, that's really hurt me, that I really have a hard time with? God, in your name, I forgive them. I do that tonight. Or perhaps you'll ask for forgiveness. You'll just say, Lord, you know, I just have I've been carrying this weight. Please forgive me. Lift this burden from me. Or you'll say it to somebody nearby who needs to hear you asking, humbling yourself in that way. Maybe you'll turn to somebody near you tonight and you'll just give them a hug as we're singing and say, I love you, I wish you the merriest Christmas. Or you'll pull out your phone and you'll, you'll text somebody that couldn't be with you here in this place or online tonight who's maybe far away and you'll just say, you're in my heart, I'm praying for you. I love you. Or you'll say to God, Lord, you have been so good to me. This next year, I'm going to serve you with more of my life. I'm going to make it be more about you and your purposes, less about me. Or maybe you'll just turn to somebody before you leave here. And you'll say, I wish you peace. I wish you heavenly peace. Respond as you feel led as we join our voices now. And you rise with, your, with me, if you wouldn't mind, to your feet and singing these familiar words.
Friends, Christ's Savior is born and he is alive today and his gift to each of us is grace and love and goodness. And we are so thankful you came tonight and for those of you that joined us online. As you go, may you open yourself up to that love and to that grace abounding. And before we send you out, we wanna let you know just a couple of brief things. We will not be gathering tomorrow morning. Tomorrow, it's hard to believe it fell on a Sunday. Uh, but we wanna invite you to join us uh, online. We have a wonderful video worship experience that's interactive, even for kiddos, uh, for you and the family. So after you open presents, maybe have some brunch or pancakes, gather around with your family and engage in our worship experience online. And if you're looking for ways to get more involved here at Christ Church, or you want to get uh, involved in a study or learn more about the happenings, we have cards on your way out with all the ways that you can plug in. So as you go, may I send you then with this blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. In the most powerful name of our triune God, God who created the heavens and the earth. God the Son who fills the gap. And God the Spirit who will empower you with his grace and mercy. And all of God's people in Oak Brook and online said, amen. Bless you and Merry Christmas.